Hey, I'm Felissa Rose, and you're watching Keto and Crime. Hey everyone, welcome back to Keto and Crime. Today I have got one that I evidently must have been living under a proverbial rock uh, to have not been following this before. I actually did a little impromptu live stream. Last night I was literally testing my uh, live streaming capabilities, making sure my, my web connection was good, all that good stuff, just so that I could schedule them in the future. And several of my uh, channel members and subscribers jumped on. And so we had a conversation, about 15-20 minutes, and one of them suggested I follow the Murdow case of South Carolina and said that I would go down so many rabbit holes that I uh, probably couldn't find my way back out. So I decided to jump in there and uh, start start digging. And I was hooked. I spent about four hours last night, not going to bed until the wee hours of the morning, as well as in between work meetings and doing my, my work for my clients. I've been listening to things, reading things. I've been through... Um, every possible news article I can find to kind of piece this together. And what I'm going to try to do for you is a summary of the whole saga. And so with that being said, we're going to dive right into it. If you're new here, please subscribe. That button's down below. If you'd like to join my channel members or my patrons, those links are down below. Also, got want to give a great shout out to everyone that supports the channel. Please like, comment, share, subscribe. And before we jump in, here is a word from our great sponsor, Keto Crisp. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about a great new sponsor for the channel, Keto Crisp. They reached out to me wanting to help me get back on my keto journey. As you know, I've had some issues and they know that sweets are a problem for me. So I have partnered with them after sampling them and they are really good bars. I highly recommend them. Filling, not too sweet, but just sweet enough. So if you're on a keto or a carnivore or low-carb lifestyle they are the perfect bar but moreover what i want to talk about is the is the company itself adam brenham was is the founder and he has suffered from cerebral palsy as well as obesity most of his life and yet he still persevered and founded his own company i think just the whole keto crisp brand is a monument to the human spirit and i just wanted to point that out that i only choose to partner with brands that I really believe in. I both believe in their product, I believe in Adam, and I believe in the, really believe in their motto. It's about what you can do, not what you can't. And with that being said, I'm proud to welcome a new sponsor to the channel. You can try them out for a 20% discount, just like most keto bars. They're a bit pricier than the junk you're going to find in the supermarket, but well, well worth it. And so you can get 20% off using my discount code, which I will link down in the description below, and I look forward to doing many more collaborations with Keto Crisp. Thank you so much, everyone. And I. This is the general area that we're talking about when we discuss all of these crimes. Um, the Murdoch's estate was here in Islington, which is kind of an offshoot of 
of Hampton. And then uh, that, this is where their large estate was, where the Maggie and Paul were actually found dead. It was a huge 1,770 acre, not feet, acre uh, estate with uh, different views. We'll take a look at that in just a moment. Um, so that's where they were killed. Of course, uh, the death of the young beach girl was off the coast near Paris Island, which is not quite on the map, but close to here. And of course, the death of their, their housekeeper back in 2018 was also here at the same Islington estate. Uh, the death of Stephen Smith in 2015 was here near Crockettville, which is about four miles away from Hampton and about... I would say about 20 miles away from Islington and that of course that case has also been which of course as we all know has been reopened since the shootings of Maggie and Paul um, for suspicion that he may have been involved somehow with a member of the Murdoch family and Richard Buster is the name that keeps coming up for both this and actually being named as the only one of a complainer that was noted in the death of their housekeeper. Very interesting. We're going to go over all that, but I just thought I would give you an overview of the Hampton, Islington, Crockettville area of South Carolina that we're talking about. Let's start with the Murdoch, the Murdoch family. I've heard it pronounced Murdoch and Murdoch. I'm going to go with my old-fashioned phonics and just pronounce it Murdoch. If I am incorrect i'm sure somebody in the comments will let me know but i mean no disrespect i'm just trying to do this correctly but i've heard it pronounced several ways so i'm going to do murdahs since that is how it is phonetically spelled the murdahs have been a very powerful legal and political family in the low country of south carolina for better part of a century in fact, they really started to take shape in 1910 when the patriarch of the family, Randolph Murdoch, started the family's law firm in Hampton, South Carolina that is now known as Peters, Murdoch, Parker, Iltzroth, and Dietrich. Um, it is a very powerful law firm, uh, deals a lot in personal injury and uh, corporate business lawsuits has taken a lot of money, uh, both in and out of the system, let's just say very powerful. Um, they do a lot of civil litigation, and so they have relentlessly pursued money, as anybody that's in business does. But more importantly is their political connections, and that started in 1920 when the same Randolph was elected 14th Circuit Solicitor. Now, what is a solicitor? In the most generalized language, they do a lot of things, but in the most generalized language, they are like a district attorney, whereas in most states, a district attorney might cover one county. In South Carolina, it's a little bit of a different system where they cover several counties. And here are the regions of South Carolina divided up among the 15 circuits that comprise the solicitor system. And here, is the area that we're talking about, the most southern tip, the one right off the coast, uh, the 14th district, and it includes Hampton, Colton, Jasper, Buford, Allendale, and those counties. So this is kind of the area that the uh, Murdos were in charge of. 
and were in charge of until quite recently, 2005. So uh, the Murdoch family was in charge of prosecuting crimes, investigating crimes uh, with their investigational divisions uh, in the entire low country area of South Carolina. I think about five counties were involved. So very powerful position, very powerful position. Uh, and so he prosecuted a lot of crimes. He he prosecuted a lot of moonshiners, uh, dealt with uh, essentially the Dixie Mafia, which is very highly suspect to have controlled a lot of the moonshining operations in the early days of it, as well as the regular mob. The Dixie Mob was kind of an extension of the regular mob in New York, New Orleans, and uh, Chicago. So he prosecuted a lot of those people. He also prosecuted a lot of uh, different crimes, but your basic district attorney. In 1940, he was killed in a train wreck, and actually his son, Randolph Murdahl Buster, we, have a, we also have a Buster we'll be discussing today, but this is the first Buster, Randolph Buster Murdahl Jr. Uh, succeeded him as solicitor and also was the chief partner at the law firm as well. Um, but they were not free from scandal. Uh, Randolph Jr. was indicted for tipping off a local bootlegger uh, about an investigation, about a forthcoming prosecution, probably because he was in cahoots with him and probably got a lot of their money from bootlegging as a lot of the uh, millionaires that came out of the early 20s did. Out of the early part of the 20th century, a lot of it came from bootlegging. bootlegging. Real estate and bootlegging and industry like steel, those were the major ways that people became millionaires and they were no different. So he tipped off a good bootlegger friend of his about an investigation and resigned his office until he was eventually acquitted a few months later. Uh, he then retired finally in 1986, so he held the post a long time. And his son, uh, Randolph Buster Murdoch III, Uh, basically seceded him as as the solicitor for the 14th District of South Carolina. And I bet you're wondering, well, how do, does this one secede somebody as solicitor or district attorney? Isn't that an elected position? Sometimes, in, uh, nationally, some of them are elected, some of them are appointed by local judiciary. But in South Carolina, they are elected officials and you secede each other by going with a what we, we consider a family dynasty and so you have legacy you have the ability to get the word out and people vote for you and that's how they were able to secede each other as solicitor so yeah quite easily you can get re-elected over and over or a particular family can get elected over and over we, we've seen it all through american politics in fact an unknown resident of the district 14 has quoted as saying, the Murdochs know everyone, they're well-liked, and they make it a point to stop and talk to people just like politicians. They are politicians, let's face it. That's an elected position. They're politicians. They never know who might be on a jury. So, yeah, they, they, they worked if they were very successful in their prosecutions and getting the convictions. They also found themselves up against a big corporate a lot for what they said was for the best uh, implications for the 
for the area that they served, but let's just say they stopped a railroad expansion and they stopped a Walmart from coming to the area. They said for the betterment of the of the area, but being that uh, one of them tipped off a uh, moonshiner to avoid prosecution, even though he was acquitted of it, but I'm just saying, uh, we all know that not not all acts of politicians are selfless. Let's just put it there. I have a huge distrust of most politicians. I'll just say it. So take that with a grain of salt. But they had a lot of friends, and I'm sure because of their prosecutions, because of the business expansion that they stopped in their time as solicitors, and also with the help of their uh, law firm, I'm sure they created more than one set of enemies. Just throwing that out there. The current branch of the Murdoch family in question is that of Alex and his wife, Maggie, whose two sons, Buster and Paul, attended the local high school, West Hampton High School in uh, Hampton. Uh, very well liked. Buster went on to attend and I believe graduate from the University of South Carolina in 1991. Um, but the whole area was not free of controversy. So let's go back to the earliest crime in this chain of crimes that we can hang up like a like a Christmas wreath uh, for this case. Let's go back to July 18th, 2015. A body was found in the middle of Sandy Run Road in Hampton County near the small town of Crockettville, South Carolina. I'm going to play that 911 call for you here. I will put the timestamps in case you don't want to listen to it. Hampton County 911, where's your emergency? Yeah, uh, I just going down the wrong um, Crockettville Road. Mm -hmm. I see somebody laying out. What road are you, what's the name of the highway that you're on? Uh, I know it's Crockettville Road. Uh, you just know it's Crockettville Road? Yeah. Um, hold on just a second. And which way are you headed? Okay, uh, the back way to go to, uh, like you going towards Brunson? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, this you're one. on that road just before you get into Crockettville? Turn Crockettville and make that right. Okay. Come to Crockettville and take a right. Where you take a, or take a left. Where you going, 601? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If I'm if I'm going toward Bamberg, I'm gonna take a left onto that road. Yeah, like you're going. Uh, I see the road called 14. You can go to Sandy Run, but but you're not on Sandy Run Road. Yeah, I think it is. This this uh this is you. This Sandy Road goes straight on out. Okay. Uh, and is it in the road or on the side of the road? Yeah, in the roadway. So in the road. Yeah. Uh uh. All right. The body was found with its shoes still on, loosely tied, head injuries consistent with blunt force trauma, and absolutely no identification on them. It was later brought out that the name of the young man was Stephen Smith. He was a graduate of the local high school, had gone to school with Buster, and was openly gay. An openly gay teenager, he also had a twin sister that graduated the same year. At first, they actually said it could be homicide because of the shoes and because of the, 
the types of injuries that were on the head. Why the shoes? Because in a lot of hit and runs, or just runs like that, the person comes out of their shoes, you know. So they were still on his feet, so that is kind of weird. Also, they felt that because there was no observable vehicle debris, that it was possibly a homicide. And it was at that time that SLED, the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, actually put forth a theory based on reports from Stephen's mother, Sandra, and others that um, Stephen was openly on Craigslist soliciting, you know, partners. Um, that's not very unusual for a, a, a gay person to do. Uh, there wasn't a, lots of times in small areas like this, there's not a whole lot of places where gay people can go to commune. So online message boards, apps, pretty much where you can find companionship. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, that perhaps he was involved sexually with a member of the Murdoch family. Possibly Buster, that was the name that came up, though his mother Sandra could not prove that, but she just, you know, sometimes family know. With Along with SLED and the FBI, they eventually closed it as a cold case, coming up with the tentative reasoning that he might have been struck by an 18-wheeler's mirror, which would have left no vehicle debris and could have possibly not removed him from his shoes. However, that case would stay cold uh, for a few more years, as we're soon to find out. The next crime that revolves around this family, or accident, let's call it an accident, was that of the death of their longtime housekeeper, Gloria Satterfield. She was 57 years old. She had worked for them for several years. Uh, February 26, 2018, she had an accident at their home. I can only assume it was their home in Islandton, the one where uh, the current crimes were committed that we're going to talk about. Uh, there were not a whole lot of details on this, except that it was an accident. I saw that perhaps she had fallen down some stairs from the looks of that estate. It doesn't surprise me that a tumble down the main staircase could kill anyone. Um, but this was never prosecuted as a crime. It was ruled as an accident. And the uh, Murdoch's would later settle with her insurance company for their insurance company and her insurance would later settle for half a million dollars in personal liability and $5,000 in hospital bills for assuming the liability for the accident. It is noted that Buster, Richard Buster, the older son, was the only one named as a source of complaint in the whole report. Alex was not named, Paul was not named, Maggie was not named, any of the other um, Murdoch's were not named. So, do with that what you will. There's not a whole lot of information on this case, except it is linked to that. And as far as I know, unlike the Stephen Smith incident, it has not been reopened for any further investigation. February 24th, two, oh, we're not done. February 24th, 2019. The younger Murdoch son, Paul, and five friends were returning home from a party after a lot of drinking. They were, by all accounts, heavily inebriated. In fact, some 
security film footage has surfed from the wonderful YouTube channel Island Pack. I highly recommend you check them out. I'll link them up here. They have a lot of great information on this case. They're a local news outlet for the area in South Carolina. They're going to be kind of like the East Idaho News of this, how East Idaho News has the best coverage of the Daybell case. They are going to have the best coverage of this case because they're local and they dig into it, and I'm sure not a lot of this stuff happens a lot in that area. So they have some very great footage. But they came upon some security footage at the harbor that shows Paul, the 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 victim in this particular incident, Mallory Beach, and the other uh, four friends kind of communing with each other as they walk up on the dock. You can see that they're clearly inebriated. I'm going to drop that for you here. Just after 2.30 a.m. that morning, the 17-foot Triton boat owned by Alex Murdoch slammed into a piling below a bridge that connects the U.S. Marine basic training base at Paris Island to the overall Hampton area. All six passengers were ejected into the water. Five of them got back on. And there's been some speculation that the 911 call that came in, if the dispatcher had not made a mistake in trying to get the location, that EMS teams would have been there a lot sooner. They did not get there until 3 a.m. or just after. And with the tides and the currents coming out of that Paris Island area, it was very easy for somebody to wash away. But I'm going to play for you now a clip from a local uh, news station, WJCJ, there in... Uh, the area of South Carolina that plays part of the initial 911 call and then later on seven days later after search and rescue had been out for a long time they finally found the body of 19 year old Mallory Beach washed up and so she was the victim of this accident. I'm going to drop both those clips for you here. Some material that might be hard to listen to. Next to the sounds of the low country's calming waves came a call that was anything but. What bridge is it? Paul, what bridge is this? The chaos you're hearing. Is the 911 calls of the night 19 year old Mallory Beach disappeared? 911, where's your emergency? Police fire Hello? In audio obtained by WJCL20, two news emergency calls capture the frightening scene of an early morning boat crash near Paris Island. Tell everybody just try it and stay as calm as they can, okay? I know it's hard. Six passengers, the caller says. All five of us are on the bank, but we're, we're missing one person. Right, okay. And the missing woman they mentioned was Mallory Beach. 
Diver teams and patrol boats all looking for the missing Hampton team. And the next weekend, emergency responders received this call. 911, for your emergency? This is Kenny Campbell. We're on the search team rescue. We think we found her. We've reached out to the Department of Natural Resources. According to uh, witnesses, the police noted that the five survivors were grossly intoxicated. I'm sure it was very visible, but they were not given any sobriety tests or asked to blow or asked to do any. I thought that was standard police procedure, and it sparked a lot of outrage, mainly because Alex and his brother, Randy, showed up on scene and kind of directed the kids and what to say, what not to say, what to do, what not to do. And so that led to a lot a community outrage about why this was being treated differently than it would any other drunk boating accident because drunk boating is the same as drunk driving you can kill somebody but eventually there were two possible drivers that were pinpointed Paul Murdoch then 19 and Connor Cook also 19 were named as a possible driver However, later on, after talking with all the witnesses after they sobered up, it found that the overall consensus was that Paul was the driver and was super drunk. He was eventually indicted for this in April and has since pled not guilty and is awaiting the trial, the, you know, all that good stuff that goes along with it. And I'm sure that there's a lot of animosity in the community because you had this very well-connected, family of former elected prosecutors coming in and interfering with this this investigation and it was alex and his father the older randolph randy not his brother randy i wanted to clarify that that showed up and so all that litigation is ongoing both criminally and i'm sure civilly is coming as well and that brings us to the current state of shenanigans with this family. June 7th, 2021, a 911 call came in just after 10 p.m. to the uh, home of Alex uh, Murdo and his family. It's a 1,770-acre hunting estate with a main house, kennels, all the good stuff. It's located at 4147 Moselle Road in Islandton. And I'm going to play that 911 call for you here, but this is essentially Alex calling to report that he found the bodies of his wife, Maggie, 52, and younger son, Paul, the very one implicated in the boating accident, 22, uh, at the dog kennels, shot multiple times. Okay, you said 4147 Moselle Road in Allison. Sir? You said 4147 Moselle Road in Allison? Yes, sir. 4147 Moselle Road. Stay on the line with me, okay? Yes, sir. Stay on the line with me, okay? Connor County Communication. Collison, I have an Alex Murdoch on the line. Caller from 4147 Moselle Road. He's advising that his wife and child was shot. 
Okay, and sir, give me the address again. It's 4147 Moselle Road. I've been up to it now. It's bad. Okay. Okay, and are they breathing? No, ma'am. Okay, and you said it's your wife and your son? My wife and my son. Are they in a vehicle? No, ma'am. They're on the ground out at my kennels. Okay, and did you see anyone? Okay, is he breathing at all? No, no. Is she? Okay, do you see anything? Do you see anyone in the area? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. What color is your house on the outside? What color is your house on the outside? Uh, it's white. You can't see it from the road. Okay, is it a house or a mobile home? It's a house. Okay, and what is your name? My name is Alec Murdoch. Okay, and did you hear anything, or did you come home and find them? No, man, I've been gone. I, I just came back. Okay, and was anyone else supposed to be at your house? No, ma'am. Please hurry. We're getting somebody out there to you. Okay, what is her name? And, of course, here is an aerial view taken by the local South Carolina news station, WJCL of the actual Myrdal Estate in Islington. Um, you can't really see the main house from here, but it is up closer to the road. Here you have some sheds, some barn parking area, and back here is the actual dog kennel where uh, the bodies were found. As you can see, this is a huge sprawling estate with a lot of wooded area, and as I had said earlier, it would have been very easy for other people to have been there, but Alex not to be aware of it. So, just pointing that out, and let's hop back in. According to the information gathered on 911 call, they were the only ones, he was the only one there. He did not know of anyone else at the estate. However, later, when the police took an official report and a report was taken at the hospital, some other news came out. I'm going to drop a clip here for Something interesting, though, that did not come out on the 911 call in a whole lot of detail is that um, according to Alex, there was no one else present at the estate that night, particularly in the hunting lodge area of the estate. Remember, this was an almost 2,000-acre plot of estate, so there was a lot of room around there. Somebody could have been in and out of there quite easily, but there was, no, you know, he was saying there was no, no one else home, that he was the only one. But later on, when the police took a report and at the hospital, when they took a report, um, this kind of stood out. As you can see, it is uh, Richard Alexander Murdoch's um, report, and he did give somebody's name, which has been redacted here, of course, somebody's name saying that they were also present at home that night. Now, a lot of people have speculated it might have been his brother Randy, it could have been uh, Buster, Richard Buster Murdoch, the oldest boy, but um, upon careful observation and further investigation it is found that neither of them were there that night officially so uh, Buster was at work in North Carolina Randy was at his home so those were the two names that have been thrown around
still no substantial evidence to back up except later on in the report it coming out there were other people there and i remember the murdoch's had um had housekeepers groundskeepers pool boys you know probably a kennel keeper to take care of the the dogs so it could have been any one of those people as well and it would not have been unusual for them to be there as well as people from the extended family i said this was a very huge plot of property so it would have been very hard to see you know people there at a glance it's not like mine in your houses that are you know anywhere from 800 to 2000 square feet total when you can kind of know who's there this is an entirely different level of property ownership anyway thought i would throw that out there so somebody was there whether or not it was buster or brother randy or we don't know but someone was else was on there but it could have also been the employees as we we talked about no one is excluded the thing to take away from this no one is excluded from being a person of interest but nothing has come to fruition that is solid uh it's also noted that while the funeral was being planned for maggie and paul that the older randolph murdoch grandpa randolph the third died at the age of 81 and it's rumored that alex and his brother and possibly buster may have been at the hospital with him the day of the shootings which does put buster in the area of home even though initially they said he was working in south north carolina and just recently like last weekend alex reportedly was on uh one of the main thoroughfares there around hampton was changing a flat tire and he said that a car whizzed by him made a sharp stop turned around circled back and someone inside fired shots at him he was grazed in the head what turned out to be a very superficial wound that is still under investigation and then just this week the news broke that he had resigned from the family law firm for embezzlement of around a million dollars this was confirmed by his brother randy who also a lawyer there as well as other attorneys there and he's going into rehab for what we don't know but that's the that's the latest and greatest now i've given you all these raw ingredients and i'm going to put them in this bowl and i'm going to mix them up and i'm going to come up with my theories these uh, murders can be one of two things actually one of three things they can be totally separate incidents not related that's theory one and underneath that theory i'm going to file as such the murder of stephen smith was either an unrelated homicide possibly a hate crime i did do some digging on statistics in south carolina for hate crimes the latest report i could find was from 2019 i could not find one from 2015 when stephen was killed but uh, there were seven gay related hate crimes in the entire state of south carolina during that time now hate crime i, I consider all murders hate crimes because at the time you kill somebody you hate them but some are specifically motivated by hating someone for something they can't control like skin color like sexual orientation you know like religion i mean i guess you can technically control religion but you know what i'm saying hating them for some reason other than they did something to you so that's what kind of eliminates a hate crime so there were hate crimes in south carolina um and i'm sure a great number of hate crimes go unreported 
because there are, there are hoaxes and then there are people that are just afraid to speak out for fear of for the retribution. Knowing what I know about the South Carolina low country and being from Alabama, a very similar state with a very similar attitude, I can understand how a lot of them aren't reported. So it could have been an unrelated hate crime. It could have been an unrelated random murder, or it could have been a hit and run. So those are the three theories with his, but they have found enough evidence to reopen the case, so I'm interested to find what happened. Still under theory one, a series of unrelated events, the accident with Maggie, not Maggie, uh, the housekeeper, Gloria, was truly an accident. She tripped, she fell down the stairs, somebody tripped and fell, knocked into her, knocked her down the stairs. Unrelated accident. Then we get to the boating accident. That's the only thing that really you file under probably an accident because, you know, teenagers do dumb things. I'm thinking that was purely a bad decision on those teenagers' part. They all seem to be having a good time, and this was a tragedy. And then we get to the murder of Maggie and Paul. If it's unrelated, then it's probably one of the many enemies that the Murdals have made over the years in South Carolina. Either somebody they prosecuted, the family of somebody they prosecuted, somebody that they caused to lose a lot of money as far as business ventures go, or perhaps it has not been uh, ruled out that the family of the young girl killed uh, in the boating accident. The Beach family, Mallory Beach's family, may have took, decided to take out revenge, may have wanted to kill Paul because they blamed him for their uh, daughter's death or their relative's death and also took out Maggie as well. She was sort of collateral damage. And then, of course, the attempted shooting of Alex. That could be a random act again. They made a lot of enemies because maybe they were angry about his interference in the boating accident. And then, of course, the embezzlement. Embezzlement is embezzlement. That could be unrelated to so that's my first theory, that it's either a series of totally random, unrelated events that just form together in this chain. And then the second option is that they are all sort of related, but not really related. And what I mean by that is, even though things were done deliberately to this family, they are unrelated. Um, perhaps Stephen, let's go back to Stephen, perhaps he was having an affair with Buster or some other member of the Murdoch family, and somebody in the family took it upon themselves to silence him. That person that he was having the affair with may or may not have been involved in that. Uh, again, with Gloria, the housekeeper could have been a real accident, or perhaps she saw something she shouldn't have, and somebody pushed her down the stairs. May or may not have been related to the Stephen death. And then, you know, the boating accident, again, boating accident. Um, as far as the other murders, either perhaps Paul and Maggie knew something about the embezzlement and they were killed, or somebody else in the firm killed them as retaliation. The same goes for Alex. That's the second theory. Third theory, they're all related in a huge mess of a convoluted story which starts with Stephen being killed because he was having an affair with Buster or someone else in the family. The housekeeper stumbling upon that information and she had to be taken out or some other sort of information, perhaps on the embezzlement. Uh, Maggie and Paul were taken out 
for the same reasons. And then somebody considered Alex too much of a liability and tried to take him out as well, or he faked it because it was a superficial wound to take heat off himself, as maybe he was the one that took out his family. As I said, these are all theories. Theories. I have no proof, but those are the theories. Unrelated, uh, sort of related, and definitely related. I don't know where my common sense is going. Uh, I see a lot of things. It, it, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I'm leaning towards more relation than not, but that's kind of where I'll end it. I don't want to get too much in that. It's kind of like the Summer Wells case. We won't know until we know. And the only reason I'm covering this one, unlike not really covering Summer Wells, is because we know more about this case than the Summer Wells case, and there's a whole lot more twists and turns to this one than there is to the Summer Wells case. I'm just saying. And with that being said, that is my very quick overview of what we know right now. I'll continue to watch this case. Um, everything that I told you is based on mainstream media, police reports, other official reports. I did not base it on any sort of commentary, which there's plenty of that here on YouTube. I did not base it on any of that. This was strictly from news sources. And with that being said, until next time, keep on crying.